guess what happens today? There's going to be baseball games played with major leaguers, including a matchup of two teams that if they meet in the World Series, it would be the kind of World Series we've only seen once in the last 100 years. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. If you don't believe me, there's my lower third. Feel free to call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for well over a decade now, and this is going to be the beginning of my fifth season as a host here at the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pods, and uh, same handle for Instagram. I am your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And if you're watching my, well, let's just face it, really, really handsome face right now, that means you're probably subscribed to our YouTube channel. And please, please subscribe, tell your friends, and hopefully make this be a, uh, I don't know, a fun hub as we're going to be going into what I'm hoping is a really exciting Major League Baseball season. Hey, as I said in the teaser, there are games that are going to be played. Now, yes, there's spring training games, so they don't count. Um, and, you know, I, I I can't imagine a world where I would be super into the end results of some of these games. It's just so nice to see teams on the field again playing baseball games. Now, um, there's a, the, it's not a huge schedule. There's always that weird first game where the Red Sox will play um, the University of Connecticut. My mom's alma mater. And I was born near the University of Connecticut, just so, you know, making it all about me. Um, obviously, that's a warm-up game and, you know, an honor for the, uh, you know, it's going to be an honor, excuse me, as I had to adjust my, my microphone there. It'll be an honor for the members of the University of Connecticut to be playing members of the Los Angeles Dodgers wearing Boston Red Sox uniforms. If they want to play the Red Sox, they can go play the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, but, you know, it's going to be fun. We're going to see some teams on the field. Texas is going to be playing Kansas City. That would be a great series if this was 2015 and both the Rangers and the Royals were very good. Um, and uh, but, the, but, you know, again, we're going to see some players on the field, you know, trying to win as much as you can. It's spring training, so no one's going to go crazy. But, you know, there's also going to be players who are trying to make the club. And worse comes to worse, you know, it'd be fun to just sort of, you know, see games being played with major leaguers for the first time since the Astros won the World Series against, I have to think about it for a second, Philadelphia. It's funny, in my, as I'm now closer to 100 than I was to my birth, um, I sometimes forget some things. Things aren't as clear. But do you know what? We're going to have fun. This will be a great year. 
I mentioned in the tease there was a matchup that I find extraordinarily interesting. I'm wearing my Mariners shirt here. This, um, I love this old school Mariners logo. The one with the star and the trident is my favorite logo. I wish they would go back to that. Uh, the Seattle's playing San Diego. And there is a scenario that has that being a World Series preview. The Padres are, of course, stacked. I mean, you take a look at, when you think about, think about their lineup. There's an article by uh, uh, AJ uh, Casavell in uh, uh, MLB.com today talking about you have a lineup that goes Soto, Machado, Bogarts, Tatis. What, I mean, who leads off there? Who's the cleanup batter there? I mean, especially if Tatis comes back and is even half the player that he was before you know, he was suspended last year, that's an unbelievable lineup. There's obviously a team that was three wins away from going to the World Series last year. And then Seattle, of course, back-to-back 91 seasons. They were essentially two swings away from being up two games to one in the division series. Because remember, Jordan Alvarez came up with two outs and Seattle winning in game one against Houston. And then game three between Seattle and Houston went 18 innings and a bloop here or a bloop there. And Seattle wins that game. Two things to one bloop lands and as a run comes in and the uh, they went up getting the final out against Alvarez in game one. Seattle's up two games to one in the division series. Now, Houston was so good last year, they probably still win that series. But I digress. The idea of the Seattle Mariners being a pennant winner, while they're not the odds-on favorite, Houston is, it's not outlandish. I think most people think they're going to be a playoff team. I certainly do. And the San Diego Padres, I think a lot, I mean, right now, I'm not making my official pick, but right now I'm leaning towards the Padres winning the National League West. And by definition, that puts them in a place where you would expect them to see them as a strong World Series contender. Now, why is this matchup between these two specific teams something that I find intriguing? First of all, uh, the Mariners making the World Series, I just think, is intriguing in every way, shape, and form. The Mariners remain the only franchise to never have appeared in a World Series. For a long time, I had to phrase it in a certain way that I said Seattle was the only city, the only current Major League city to never host a World Series because the Washington Nationals had never won a pennant, but way back when the Senators did, 24, 25, and 33. Well, then the Washington Nationals made it very easy to talk about championships in Washington. They won one. So not only was there a Washington World Series, you know, the the Senators basically moved twice. The Nationals came in and uh, came into Washington in 2005. Very easy to talk about the last Washington World Series title. It was in 2019. So then it also just became easy. There's only one franchise that has never appeared in a World Series, the Seattle Mariners. And the Seattle Mariners have had great superstars, Hall of Famers, all-time players. They had a team that had Randy Johnson, Alex Rodriguez, Edgar Martinez, 
and Ken Griffey Jr. all in their prime. And they also had, you know, they had like J.B. Moyer in the rotation. They had so many wonderful players on that team, and they couldn't, you know, that, that 1997 team couldn't even make it to the ALCS, let alone the World Series. So many wonderful players, whether it's Ichiro or King Felix Hernandez, you know, have played for this Seattle team, and yet zero pennants in Seattle. Zero. And I want to see them get off the schneid. I want to see them win that pennant. I've had a soft spot in my heart for the Mariners, even before Ken Griffey Jr. became my favorite non-Red Sox player of all time. I loved the infield of Alvin Davis, Harold Reynolds, Ray Quinones, and Jim Presley. I liked the combination of Mike Bourne and Mark Langston. And I happen to love the Pacific Northwest. Go Cougs, Washington State. And it's, I want to see the Mariners also explode and become a regional team. The way the Red Sox have become in New England. The way the Braves have been in the South. You have all that region in the Northwest, which is one reason why I want to see baseball put a team in Portland. I'd much rather see the A's move to Portland than to Las Vegas. That's a different conversation. You could have all of Seattle, Portland, Spokane, Vancouver, Boise, you know, Eugene, Salem, all the places, Tacoma, all those cities in the Northwest. The Mariners should be the team for all those places, just the same way the Red Sox are for Boston, Hartford, Augusta, Montpelier, all the New England cities. Worcester. And a World Series appearance, I think, would help solidify that. Now, San Diego, look at I love the city of San Diego. I really, really do. It's gorgeous. It's a fantastic city. The city of San Diego, I have nicknamed Buffalo by the Sea because they are a snake-bitten fan base with all the losses. You know, the Padres having so many heartbreaking losses over the years. They were Chargers' first city. Well, they lost the Chargers to L.A. They lost the Clippers to L.A. But San Diego never gets the uh, credit for being such a uh, a punished fan base because it's such a beautiful city. There, there seems to be almost an implied need to have horrible weather go along with sadness. Cleveland fans, Buffalo fans, Red Sox, Cub fans, all those years shoveling snow in the wintertime and looking up to the sky saying, I can't believe we lost that game, as opposed to going to the beach and cutting the tube. That actually makes me feel worse for San Diego fans because they can't even commiserate with people. Now, they have been to the World Series, 1984 and 1998. Both times, they faced the single best American League team of that decade. The 84 Tigers were a juggernaut. The 98 Yankees were possibly the most complete team I've ever seen in my life. And the Padres have won one World Series game. They won game two of the 84 World Series. They got swept by the the, uh, Yankees in 98. They are one and eight in World Series games. The only time the Padres have ever won the World Series was in the made-for-TV movie with Gary Coleman called The Kid from Left Field, and that was fiction. So you have these two franchises where there's a lot of excitement, and of course, big stars. I mean, you know, the Sotos and everyone on the Padres, the Julio Rodriguez and everyone on the Mariners, you got young superstars, 
and two teams have never won a World Series clashing. So why is that so unique? Why is that a unique event? Mom, I'm sorry I said so unique. My mother gets on me for bad grammar. What makes it unique? I'll tell you. It'll be a championship where everyone will get a treat, whether you're a fan of those teams or not. A treat that's very hard to get, unlike a Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, you got to try a Built Bar. Guess what? We are getting towards the beginning of spring. We're not necessarily in our winter clothes anymore, although here in Los Angeles, it was hailing and freezing. But eventually, it'll get warm. You know what I'm saying. You want to look good underneath everything, and you want to be healthier. So you got to try Built Bar. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious, you won't think that they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. And what makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered with 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come with unbelievably great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built Bar does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they're healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you won't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Well, now you can get them at a local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to the nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar pack or a box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank me later. They're so fantastic, and just like the song says, Built Bars, they're still good. Now, It's going to be the 2023 season is going to be starting. Every team out there, as I mentioned, has been to the World Series except the Seattle Mariners. What would make the combination of the Padres and the Mariners such a treat is they are two franchises that have a legitimate shot of winning the pennant. They do. If they meet in the World Series, and I mentioned this uh, last year with the possibility of a raise Padres World Series, and that's possible as well. But if these two meet, one of them will win the World Series. One of them will win their first World Series. They are two franchises with zero World Series titles between them. I don't think you understand how rare that is. I talked about it last uh, at one point last season, but I want to bring it up again. In 1920, 19, got to go all the way back to 1920, the Cleveland Indians played the Brooklyn Robins. They were later called the Dodgers. And neither team had won a World Series at that point. And it was the first time Cleveland ever appeared in one. Brooklyn had appeared in one prior. So those two teams met in the World Series, Brooklyn and Cleveland, and you knew one of them was going to win the World Series for the first time. The next time that happened, two franchises that had never won the World Series clashing would be 1980. 60 years would pass. Every single team that went to the World Series 
afterwards, at least one of them had won a title. Now, it helped matters that the Yankees won so many World Series that any time a team faced the Yankees between 1920 and 1980, there would be one team in there. You know, the, the Yankees would have been a team that had at least one championship along the way. And when the Yankees won their first title, they did it against the New York Giants, who had already been a World Series champion. And so, you know, a couple of times the Yankees lost to a team that won their first ever title. Um, you know, the Cardinals in 1926 is a good example for that. But every year there was at least always one team. You know, there were some expansion teams who won along the way, like, you know, the New York Mets in 1969. And, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the Orioles had, be, you know, were originally the St. Louis Browns. But when they finally won the World Series, they did it against the Dodgers, who were the defending World Series champions at the time. So there's always been one. Now, it happened in 1980. The Philadelphia Phillies, one of the oldest franchises in baseball, somehow made it to 1980 without ever winning a World Series title. They were in an eerily similar position as the San Diego Padres are now. They had only played in two World Series up until that point and combined for one World Series game that they had won. Kind of like the Padres. And both times they faced a great team, whether it was the Red Sox of, the, of 1915 or the Casey Stengel-led Yankees of 1950, which was the last year before Mickey Mantle arrived but they still had DiMaggio, Barra, Whitey Ford was on that team. It was a great team. And so the Phillies had horrible luck in the World Series. They made it to the World Series in 1980, and they faced a team whose fate is eerily similar to the Mariners, which was the Kansas City Royals, an expansion team who showed up in 1969 and had some tremendous teams and lost some absolute heartbreaking ALCSs to the New York Yankees. Finally, they got their revenge in 1980, and they wound up beating the Yankees, while the Phillies won the 1980 pennant against the Houston Astros in what was absolutely one of the most thrilling playoff series of all time. In fact, if you were to ask me game per game, what is the most thrilling postseason series of all time? I would say it was the 1980 National League Championship Series. I believe all the games, I know at least the last four games, are available on YouTube. If you're a baseball fan, a baseball historian, someone who wants to respect the, the game of the past, and you don't really know what happened in those games, do yourself a favor and watch them. They're thrilling. They're absolutely thrilling. Spoiler alert, the Phillies won. And the Phillies played the Royals. Neither one had ever won a World Series. That's the last time it's happened. Every time since then. 81, 82, 83, go down the line. There was always at least one year. Every, every year there was one team that had been to the World Series prior. The closest thing left to a caveat as I mentioned this over the summer, is when the San Francisco Giants played the Texas Rangers in 
2010. And the Giants had won the World Series many times in New York, but they'd never won in San Francisco. So for San Francisco fans and Texas fans, that was a chance to finally see their team win the World Series. The Giants, spoiler, won there. So maybe you can say it's happened twice in the last 100 years. But either way, even with that exception, that would be something rare. And let me tell you something. As we're going into this year, and I'm watching it from the vantage point of Locked On MLB, not as a native New Englander rooting for the Red Sox since he was a kid, but as someone who wants to see the game grow and the superstars find ways to make new fan bases as excited as the traditional fan bases, a Padres-Mariners World Series would be thrilling for all the young, fun talent on it. And as I said, turning the Mariners into a regional team. And let's face it, Seattle should be considered a big market team. There's piles of money. The Emerald City, well, the green goes beyond just the rolling hills of Washington State. It's also the money that's in Seattle. They should act like a big-time franchise. San Diego looks like it's one of the smallest markets just in terms of size and maybe in terms of population. But I love the fact that the ownership is like, we don't care. We're going to spend. We're trying to win. We're trying to give our fans something to cheer about. And for years and years and years and years, I heard about people complaining about, oh, I'm sick of it being the Red Sox and Yankees and all the time and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? The Padres are now big spenders and people are complaining. Oh, I don't know. Should the Padres be doing that? Make up your mind. It's the same teams every year. I love it. I I actually heard someone say, I'm sick of the Yankees and Dodgers winning the World Series every year. And I said, well, guess what? In the last 20 years, The Yankees and Dodgers have combined for two World Series titles. So your wish has been granted. I'm always wanting to see something that I thought I would never see in baseball. Even if it's a little weird, like a no-hitter in the World Series turned out to be a combined no-hitter that the Astros threw last year, but I still got to see one. I want to see the Mariners in the World Series I want to see the Padres do really well. And I want to see yet another World Series between two franchises who have never won it. Now, right now, sitting in the luxurious Lockdown MLB studios in hail-covered Pasadena, do I think that the Mariners are the odds-on favorite to win? No, I think the Astros are. But stranger things happen. And they may be a decent bet to throw some money on the Mariners. If you want to make any bets, guess where you got to go? You have to go to our new partner, which is FanDuel. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. It's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe and secure and super easy to use. And you can bet on anything from the money line to point scores and three strain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. 
That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, before I wrap this show up, I'm going to address some uh, viewer uh, and listener questions or corrections. Um, hey, uh, uh, Drury in Horror Stories is a listener who follows us on the YouTube page. Uh, on an episode that I did on Super Bowl Sunday, I referred to Matheny as the manager of the Royals. And he pointed out that um, uh, Matt, uh, is it Cochero? Cochero? I've never said his name out loud to just now. He pointed out that he's the new manager, former bench coach at Tampa Bay, is the new manager of the Kansas City Royals. I admit, I dropped the ball on that one. I totally forgot. I completely forgot the Royals changed managers. It's, you know, that sometimes happens. You know, forgive me if I didn't have my my finger on the pulse of the Royals as closely as I probably should have, or, or maybe just slipped my mind as I was doing that particular podcast. So, anyway, with the same uh, the same listener though, Jury uh, and uh, Jury and uh, Horror Stories uh, brought up the fact that in that episode I was talking about the possibility of a player manager. What who could be the next player manager? And I did bring up Salvador Perez, who is the star catcher and beloved catcher for the Kansas City Royals. Um, and Drury and Horror Stories asked me a couple of questions regarding this. Say a player manager gets injured, how will they juggle the daily duties with rehab? And baseball is a GM-run sport, so if Salvi goes below average and the Royals have a triple-A catcher, how would, the, how would they handle that? I think you're seeing some of the reasons why we don't have player managers. I think you're seeing some of the things that prevent people from uh, wanting to have a player manager because of some of the complications that can come out for that. I, I don't know the answer. I would think that if, if you know, that the player, if there is a player manager, they'd be making the best decisions long-term for the team's success. I, I think player managers would be tough to have. I mean, Salvi Perez, who's probably on the, you know, the back nine of his career right now, but is as a baseball IQ off the charts and is a beloved member of the team. I just brought that up as a possibility, but I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, it'd probably be hard to do. It'd probably be hard, although, you know, it's, you're the catcher and you have a, a good view of the game and a good view of the strategy. That seems like it would be the most logical place to have a player manager, but we're probably not going to see one, at least not anytime soon. Uh, let's see what other some of the people have said. Oh, um, I got to say, I got a lot of flack from some of our listeners, especially, uh, where where is he right now? He We had a nice fun back and forth. Uh, Chris uh, Matarazzo, big Yankee fan, seemed to be taken aback by the fact that I called him a 90-win playoff team. Um, somehow that became a insult and in saying that, you know, called it a bad take. 90 years would be, 90 wins would be a bad year for the Yankees, blah, blah, blah. They're so great at this, they're so great at that. Okay, first of all, I don't think 90 wins is bad. Especially when you consider there's a lot of parity in the American League right now. You know, you're probably going to play a bunch of good teams. Now, they don't have the schedule that leans heavily on their own division, so they won't have to play Toronto or the Rays as often as they would, but you know they'll still have to play the Astros. They still have to play the Mariners. They still have to play Cleveland. You know, 
There's some good teams there. Uh, and I think the Yankees are one of the best teams in the American League. I think 90 wins is not a horrible thing. They won, you know, 99 games last year. The first half of the season, everything went right. Now, I think they got a good road. And, and no, I think they're, you know, I'm sitting here defending the Yankees of all things. The Yankees have a good team that they made better with the addition of Carlos Rodon. Now, some people wonder, you know, I've had some people fling at me saying, why am I, you know, calling Rodon a solid signing, but I got on the Jacob deGrom signing for the Rangers. They're not asking Rodon to carry the Yankees pitching staff. They're asking him to be depth and to take some of the pressure off of Luis Severino. I think the Yankees are a good team. I think you are insane if you think this team has no holes in it. We saw how fragile their offense is. Other than Judge, the rest of the offense is okay. And and if you deny that, I'm sorry, you're seeing things through Yankee-colored glasses. Judge is extraordinary. Stanton is very good. And the rest of it, you got a bunch of coin flips. Now, as I said last year, when everything went right that first half, the Yankees turned a lot of question marks into exclamation marks into the first half of the season. But then they had the downward slide, and then you saw the last month they righted the ship, and they were a very good team. But as I also pointed out, this is all smoke and mirrors in a way. The success of the Yankees' season is not going to be based upon any regular season, this, that, or the other thing. It's going to be based upon how far they go in the postseason. You know that, and I know that. So whether they win 90 games, 110 wins, or 87, but they go win the pennant or they go out in the in the division series, the only thing that matters is how far they get in the postseason. And I think they're a playoff team. So relax. I don't want to be praising the Yankees too much. You know, Yankee fans loved 2000, a sub-90 win team that went on to win the World Series. And a lot of them forgot 2002 and 2006, two fantastic regular season teams that failed to make it out of the division series. So that's that. Um, let's see if there's anything else that are – I thought I had one other question, or one other thing that was said. Um I've had a couple of people, uh, 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 a blue a blue day, uh, saying that people aren't giving the Blue Jays the credit they deserve. I'll give it to them. I think they could win the division. Oh, was that an insult to the Yankees? Please, please. Um, and then someone asked me if I play uh, a video game, um, an MLB video game, uh, the show. That was the show lover hater asked me that. The answer is no, I don't play video games. Not because I'm better than anybody but simply because I have enough time vampires in my life. I don't need to add video games to that. All right, well, look at folks. We got games coming up. You know, there's spring training games. There's still games. And it's going to be fun, which means the real games are right around the corner. So thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen every day. If your second listen, make it Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Praising a hypothetical unique World Series and making some corrections and basically telling some people to just calm it down, bring it down a little, 
and let the season unfold the way it may. This has been Locked On MLB for the 24th day of February 2023. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.